since we're kind of in this mode, let me go ahead and welcome everyone today, especially our guests. If you're a guest with us today, we are very happy to have you in service with us today. Thank you for being here on this wintry mix day. If you're watching us online, hopefully you're warm and toasty wherever you are. Thank you for joining us this morning. Amen. I do have one more announcement. Uh, This coming Friday evening is our not-so-young marriage fellowship. (laughs) Again, that's for those who've been married 11 to 20 years. They're having a special dinner this Friday, asking each couple to give $10 See Sister Tina Johnson for details, and they need to know, they must know by Thursday, no later than Thursday evening if you are coming. So uh, if you've been married 11 to 20 years, this is for you. encourage you to be a part of this time of fellowship and ministry. Amen. Praise God. 2 Kings chapter number 7. 2 Kings chapter 7 we'll begin reading with verse number 1 second kings 7 and verse number 1 then elisha said hear ye the word of the lord thus saith the lord tomorrow about this time you shall Yes, I thought I was in the wrong place. Tomorrow, about this time, shall a measure of fine flour be sold for a shekel and two measures of barley for a shekel in the gate of Samaria. Then a Lord on whose hand the king answered the man of God said, Behold, if the Lord would make windows in heaven, might this thing be? And he said, Behold, thou shalt see it with thine eyes, but shall not eat thereof. When God says something, if you don't believe it, do yourself a favor and at least just stay silent. Because if you stay silent, you may still get to be a part of it. But if you open your mouth and criticize it or judge it, you may not perhaps be a part of it. And there were four leprous men at the entering end of the gate, and they said one to another, Why sit we here until we die? Why sit we here until we die? If we say we will enter into the city, then the famine is in the city, and we shall die there. And if we sit still here, we die also. Now therefore come and let us fall unto the host of the Syrians. If they save us alive, we shall live. And if they kill us, we shall but die. Back to verse number three in the last part of the verse. Why sit we here until... We die. 
Why sit we here until we die? Father, thank you for your presence in this place today. Thank you for the privilege and the opportunity to be in your presence again today. Thank you for your spirit that has already touched lives here today, ministered to hearts and lives. I pray, God, again today that through your word, your spirit would speak to our hearts and lives You know exactly where each of us are and exactly what each of us need. And I trust that you, through your word, would impart that today. In the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, I trust you today, Father. I depend upon you. I trust you for your anointing today. In the name of Jesus Christ, in Jesus' name, amen. God bless you. You may be seated in Jesus' name. It's not the message I feel to preach this morning, but let me just hopefully offer a word of encouragement to somebody for a moment that's too good to pass up. While Elisha is prophesying to the king that there's going to be bread tomorrow, what they don't know is that God somewhere else is working on some things that at the right moment, at the right time, what he said here, he is working on there. And while you're hearing what God says he's going to do and you can't see it for yourself, don't let that convince you that somewhere God is not at that moment already working on what you have need of and how he is going to provide it. What is interesting to me is both of these situations had no idea what was going on in the other situation. Elisha, uh, the, the king did not know about these leprous men and the leprous men, they were just trying to figure out a way to survive. They had no idea that they were doing more than surviving, that God was actually setting them up to be a part of the provision he had promised. That also tells me, don't take your circumstances for granted. Because just just because they seem like they are coincidence or just happenstance, that doesn't mean that God is not behind them and orchestrating them for your good. Oh, hallelujah. This time, tomorrow, he says... Measure of fine flour for a shekel, two measures of barley for a shekel. Verse number three says there's four leprous men who are sitting at the entering in of the gate. And they ask amongst themselves the question, why sit here until we die? Why sit we here until we die? If we stay here, we will die. If we stay here, we will die. I've come to preach to you today, you cannot stay where you are. You cannot stay where you are. I want you to notice something. They said, if we stay here, we die. And if we go back, 
we die. They were certain if we sit here and don't do anything, we are going to die. And if we go back to the past, if we go back to the city, we're going to die there. It is certain that here or there we die. And then they say, we can go to the camp of the Syrians and we may die. (laughs) We stay, we die. We go back, we die. We go there. The worst that happens is... We may die. But we also may see something else happen. They also may choose to spare our lives. But the bottom line we know is we can't stay here. I'm sorry to tell you if you have already started your walk with God and if you have not started it, let me tell you in advance. There is no destination that you reach in this life in your walk with God where you have arrived. As long as there is breath in your body, you have not reached the destination. As long as you are alive, you have not made it yet. Read some of what the Apostle Paul says, and you will find out if anybody besides Jesus should have, could have, would have made it, Paul would have made it. But Paul said, I press towards the mark. I forget what is behind, and I press towards the mark. John says it this way in 1 John 3, He which hath begun a... Excuse me, that's Paul. John says, if you've got this hope inside of you, it purifies you. But he also says, we shall be like him, for we shall see him as he is. Excuse me, when he appears. When he appears. We shall be like him. So that means if he has not appeared yet, I personally still have room for becoming and looking like him. You know what? Wouldn't it be, wouldn't it be so awesome? We, we got, I know of at least one person here that's very knowledgeable about exercise. Probably a lot more of you that have some knowledge. Wouldn't it be so awesome that if you could like, you know, just commit for the next six months that you just, I mean, you just go crazy working out, lifting weights. I mean, like every day you're at the gym and I mean, you're just going nuts. And then at the end of six months, I mean, you're like the rock. That would be so totally awesome. If you, if you, if you could do that and reach that, you know, bulk. Have that physique. After about six months, brother Lewis, and then you're done. And for the rest of your life, without another day at the gym, without lifting another weight, We got the 
they're not here. Uh, uh, it, it's, it's the plight of being a, the, the PK. That's the good thing about when you are raised as a preacher's kid and then become a preacher. You get to pay somebody else back for what you've already lived. Uh, the other day, somehow, something was, we'd gotten a dinner on the topic of airport security. Somebody was saying, you know, no guns. <laughs> and the, the youngest was like, well, I don't know what to do. Because I can't do anything about these guns. <laughs> I mean, that would be so wonderful. I'm, I'm, I'm telling you, that would be wonderful. I mean, just all out for, you know, six, eight months. And all of a sudden, you know, after all that time, man, you are, I mean, you are just, you are ripped, you are cut, you are, you got it all. And then you're done. Done. Wouldn't that be so wonderful? (laughs) It doesn't work that way. You stop. You may reach that, but when you stop maintaining it or going beyond it, you don't stay where you are. You go backwards. And what's really so frustrating is you go backwards a whole lot faster than you go forward. Isn't it interesting that God designed the natural human body that way? And isn't it interesting that somehow we ignore the spiritual body and think that the spiritual body works different than the natural body? And I can give six or eight months of really good effort and pushing and arrive at this level of spirituality and then not have to work anymore and then I am good for life. No, you're not. If you sit where you are, you will die. You will die. You can't stay where you are. Life is not a pond. Life is not a pool where there is no current. There is no ebb and tide. There is no flow. Life is a river. And there is a current that is constantly flowing. And I will tell you today, much to my dismay, the current of life always flows away from the direction my spiritual man wants to go. You see, at the very least, all you're able to do is throw down your anchor for a little while and hold your ground until the storm passes, until things calm down a little bit, and then you get back to it pushing and pressing your way forward. But if you choose not to even put the anchor down, Paul said in Hebrews we have this hope which is a anchor. It's an anchor. There is no ship that was desired to 
It was, there was, there's no ship that was built to simply always be anchored. The intent of the ship is to go someplace, to sail someplace. And there come some moments, there come some situations where you do need for a period of time to put down anchor and so that you are at least holding ground but not losing ground. Barnes' note says this with regards to what Paul says, which hope we have as an anchor. The apostle here changes the illusion. Excuse me, Adam Clark says. The apostle here changes the illusion. He represents the state of the followers of God in this lower world as resembling that of a vessel striving to perform her voyage through a troublesome, tempestuous, dangerous sea. At last she gets near the port, but the tempest continues. The water is shallow, broken, and dangerous, and she cannot get in. In order to prevent her being driven to sea against To be driven to sea again, she heaves out her sheet anchor, which she has been able to get within the pier by pier head by means of her boat, though she could not herself get in. Then swinging at the length of her cable, she rides out the storm in confidence, knowing that her anchor is sound, the ground good in which it is fastened, and the cable strong. Though agitated, she is safe. Though buffeted by wind and tide, she does not drive by and by. The storm ceases. The tide flows in. Her sails take the capstan, wear the ship against the anchor, which still keeps its bite or hold, and she gets safely into port. But you know what? Even that's not just a laid-back time of rest. There is a struggle that the anchor is fighting against the current and fighting against what's trying to drive it away from its destination. And so there are some times you may not have the strength to press, but at that moment you better at least have an anchor that you can put down into some solid ground to know. As the old song says, the billows may roll and the breakers may dash, but I will not stray because he holds me fast. Mark 9, verse number 2. After six days, Jesus taketh with him Peter and James and John and leadeth them up into a high mountain apart by themselves. And he was transfigured before them, and his raiment became shining, exceeding white as snow, so as no fuller on earth can white them. And there appeared unto them Elias with Moses, and they were talking with Jesus. And Peter answered and said, and Peter answered and said to Jesus, Master, it is good for us to be here. It is good for us to be here. Let us make three tabernacles, one for thee and one for Moses and one for Elias. For he wist not what to say, for they were sore. He didn't know what to say, so the best idea he could come up with is, this is a pretty cool place to be. Let's stay here. Elijah, or Elias, excuse me, Elisha. Moses, show up, having a conversation with Jesus. They're like, whoa, dude. Let's stay here. I, I, I've been in my 46 years of life 
I've been in some pretty awesome church services. I've been in some powerful meetings, powerful moves of God. I've been in conferences. I've been in camps. I've been at youth congress. I've been in other places where God moved in a powerful, awesome way. I've been in numerous services in my lifetime where the presence of God was manifested in an awesome way and amazing things took place in that service. But it was never the will of God for us to say, you know what, this is a really awesome place to be, so let's stay here. I'm going to say it again. There is no point in your life, in this life, that you reach a place that you have arrived and that is where you are supposed to stay. It is intended to be an ongoing process of hungering and thirsting and seeking after God. I've said numerous times now for the last several years, i come to believe that being in the will of God is more like trying to be a jellyfish. Get in the flow of the Spirit of God, and He's going to take you where you need to go. Brother, Brother Mike preached yesterday. His title was Chosen with a Promise, and what God gave me to speak and what God had given him kind of fit very well together. And, 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 and I preached about where God said to Joshua, when he was about to go into the promised land, he says, as I was with Moses... So I will be with you. I want you to know that I'm not just Moses' God, but I'm your God. And you and I need to have our own promises and our own confidence in who God is. And, 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 and Mike shared his story about how God had spoken to him very clearly about the fact that he was going to be called to minister on campuses. That was going to be his ministry. And just a couple of months after that, I called him into my office and I said, what do you think about doing this? This is what we feel. And so the two met and that's great. And there's probably some people here. I don't know, maybe some of you brethren this morning that the way you got your call was a, a vision or a dream or almost an audible voice from God. I can't take you to the spot. I can't take you to the place. I, I do not have a single moment that I could point to to say, I know that's where God called me to be a preacher and God called me to be a pastor. I don't have that. I don't. Many do, but I don't. What I do know is as I look back over my life and I've seen that as I've tried to at least stay submitted and yielded to the Spirit of God, that He's nudged me in this direction and moved me in that direction. And then I get to the place where I'm doing what He called me to do and I kind of don't even know how I got there. So that's what I mean by just being a jellyfish. I just need to get into the flow and God can take me. You folks that God tells you every single thing to do, I got to be honest, I don't really trust that. God told me to get up this morning. God told me to eat breakfast. God told me to go to work. God told me to go to the bathroom. 
There comes a point in time when I expect my children to develop maturity in some areas that I don't have to speak to them everything, single thing to do. There comes a point in time I should not have to say, did you brush your teeth today? Did you brush your teeth this morning? Did you brush your teeth tonight? Some of you getting a thus saith the Lord to brush your teeth every day. That's not a sign of spiritual maturity. If he really is telling you that, that's a sign of spiritual immaturity. Ooh, my. Brother, you don't believe God speaks to us? Absolutely, I believe God speaks to us. You don't believe God talks to me? I'm not saying that, but if he's got to tell you every single little detail, I'm just not so sure you've arrived. I'm thinking you have not arrived. So i got to find that flow. But when it comes to life, when it comes to life, it's not about being a jellyfish. It's about being a salmon. (laughs) Because the flow of life does not lead you to the kingdom. The flow of life does not lead you to the cross. The flow of life does not lead you closer to Him, but it leads you away from Him because the prince of the power of the air controls the flow of natural carnal life. And he's not trying to lead you closer to God. He's leading you away. And so I've got to make up my mind if there's some waterfalls that i got to jump and if there's some white water rapids that I've got to go against, I'm not just going to stay put. I know where my destination is. I know what is drawing me and that's where I'm going to go. And if there does come a moment that I don't have what it takes to keep going, then at the very least, I'm putting down my anchor because if I can't go forward I don't want to go backwards anybody ever been at the beach with your kids I remember a couple times when our kids were younger and we'd be at the ocean they'd go in the water here This is where we set up, and they'd go in the water here. But 15, 20 minutes later, they're there. Because they didn't even realize it. They they weren't even aware of it, but the current was moving them. Say, brother, right, I I don't I don't not, not only do I not have the strength to go forward, I don't even know if I've got the strength to just stay put. You know what's so amazing about God and so amazing about this book is that there is nothing He expects or requires of us that He expects and requires us to do it through our own strength and ability. Nothing. 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 He said to Paul, Paul prays and says, I've got this thorn. I've got this thing that's bothering me. I want you to take it out of my life. And he responds and says, I'm not taking it out. But the rest of the response was not, I'm not taking it out of your life. And you're just going to have to suck it up and deal with it. Get over it. Anybody ever tell your kids that? Get over it. I don't like that. I didn't want that for dinner. Get over it. Suck it up, literally. That's not what I wanted. Oh, well. 
I mean, I'm sorry, but I think God, if anybody has a right to have that attitude, God has a right to have that attitude. I mean, after all he's done for us, just, just the cross alone, it would not be unreasonable for him to say, you know what? Pull yourself up by the bootstraps and get it done. And so he didn't say to Paul, you know what, I'm not taking the thorn away and you're just going to have to deal with it and just have to figure out how to survive. But he says, I'm not taking the thorn, but I've got something else in place of taking the thorn and that is my grace. And my grace is sufficient. Well, we have gotten so warped by this modern version of Christianity and all this great preaching about prosperity and wealth and riches, and we expect that God is just going to make everything great and smooth. There's one verse in particular I always go back to, and I I don't know what the answer is to be able to then say that everything's going to be great because not just one of the epistles, not just one of the prophets in the Old Testament, but Jesus himself says... In this world, in this world, you shall, shall, not might, not maybe, not possibly, not slight chance, but you shall have tribulation, but be of good cheer, because I have over Come the world. Christianity is not an escape from suffering. Christianity is not a guarantee to wealth and riches. But there is a guarantee that whatever I go through, whatever I face, not only does it all work together for my good, but there is also grace that is sufficient. Anybody believe today that God is a healer? Ask that. Anybody here today believe that God's a healer? In fact, let me ask it, let me ask it a different way. Is there anybody here today that knows God is a healer? Yeah. Uh-huh. You know. You don't just, you haven't just heard. You don't just, I mean, you can believe without having experienced. But you know. Real quick, those of you that know God's a healer, would you put your hand back up for just a second? Look, everybody look around. Hopefully you got enough strength to keep it up there for a moment. I know some of you are fasting meal to meal and it's, it's winding down. You, you're losing your strength. Pray, pray my strength in the Lord. I want you to look around for a second. Keep them up for just a second. Now, those of you that have your hands up that know God is a healer, if you currently have some kind of physical issue that you have asked God to heal and you're still dealing with it, please keep your hand up. The rest of you put your hand down. Okay, so those hands up, let's clarify, those are people that have some kind of physical issue they're dealing with, but no. But no, Brother Evans here is dealing with some physical issues going on for some of them for, I guess, kind of decades. I mean, seriously, but I mean, the last little while, some things intensified. Yep. I don't want to embarrass him or put him on, but he's got special glasses having to been made because of eye issues he's dealing with. And yet he just had his hand up. Uh, You can put him down. He just had his hand up that he knows God is a healer. 
Okay, well then I guess apparently since he knows God's a healer and he still has sickness, then we need to, brother Evans, you and I need to set up a counseling point because we really need to try to figure out what it is you're doing wrong that God's punishing you for. Because I mean, if you're, if you're still sick and you know God's a healer, it must be because you're doing something wrong. Boy, we're getting on stuff that's not in the notes right now, but oh well. Here we go. James, isn't it, isn't it, isn't it James that says, call for the elders? James says, if there's any sick among you, call for the elders. Anoint them with oil. And the prayer of faith shall... Uh Aha, hold on, hold on. I don't want to embarrass some of you, but I just heard it. I just heard it. Which is what most of us subconsciously do. The prayer of faith shall heal the sick. Sorry. It does not say the prayer of faith shall heal the sick. It says it shall save. And the word save there is the word salvation. Because God is more interested in doing in your life what you need to be done to save you than He is to just do what He can do to make your life more comfortable and convenient. Because all things work together for my good. And so... Again, in those moments, I don't have what it takes to press and push my way for. I, I know it's Super Bowl Sunday. Super Bowl Sunday. I, I'm very sorry that you're not a part of a church where we ask you to wear your team jersey today. And I'm very sorry that we're having church tonight and not canceling church so that you can watch the Super Bowl. I'm, I'm, I'm very sorry about that. As Bishop would say, sarcasm alert. It's really kind of sad and amazing when we want to schedule God around the Super Bowl. Well, we got to try to get people in church because, oh, so let's figure out programs and ideas and ways to draw people to a crowd because a crowd is not a church. Oh, hallelujah. I said a crowd is not a church. And people that are in the crowd are not disciples. There was lots that came in the multitudes and sat and listened to what Jesus had to say. But when it came the next day and there was no great teaching and grand sayings, and when he was saying, take up your cross, a bunch of them said, I'm out of here. You want to feed me lunch? You want to take five loaves, two fishes, and turn it into enough to feed me dinner? I'm I'm here all day. I mean, you, you you can get a lot of people when you feed them. But then, then he starts the hard sayings, and they're like, oh, this, this is not why we were here. And even some disciples left, and then he says to the other disciples, are you going to go also? And Peter responds and says, where are we going to go? Can, can you imagine what it was like on the ark? Oh, man. you imagine what it was like on the ark? <laughs> Eight, eight people, in-laws, I, I, I don't care who you are, there's, a, there's only a small percentage of people in this world that in-laws are not 
at some point you reach the point that they're, they're in-laws. <laughs> You're not blood. <laughs> I don't care how much you love them. I... Uh... Eight people on an ark. With all kinds of animals. No modern conveniences. No ventilation. In fact, there was only one window, one door. The door had to stay shut. And, and it rains 40 days, 40 nights. And then how, somebody, I ought to know this. How, how long were they on that ark? How much? 13 months. 13 months. 13 months. Everybody, even good families, even good families know at Christmas time about three days and y'all need, everybody needs to, you, you need to go. If you're at my house, you need to go. If I'm at your house, I need to go. Three days, we're good. After that, we start going backwards in what we accomplished in the three days. Thirteen months stuck on an ark. Smelly animals. Sisters-in-laws. Brothers-in-laws. A mother and father-in-law. You, you really think they spent 13 months partying on that ark? You think God somehow, you know, touched their nostrils and all the filth and foul of those animals for 13 months smelled like perfume? That's true. <laughs> but you know what's amazing? Here's what's really interesting to me. Not one of them threatened to leave the ark. Not one said, Shem, if you don't talk to your mother and tell her to leave me alone, we're out of here. Where... Where are we going to go? Where are we going to go? We, we were, we were, y'all braved the wintry mix to get here. I might as well take full advantage of your time. <laughs> we, we went up to Pennsylvania with all the, 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 my wife's side of the family, the Houston Strites, Disciples, and now Breckenridges. Wow, that's a, still crazy. This is my, now my, my nephew <laughs> in law. Don't forget it. <laughs> and uh, we, we, it, it kind of was, you know, God has a sense of humor. God has a real sense of humor. You know that? How I went to, we went to Mission Barbecue Tuesday downtown Annapolis, took, took Christopher Wright. He, you, you can't, there's no way to come to Annapolis and not eat Mission Barbecue. You just got to do that. So, 
And if you can't eat a Mission Barbecue, then we just need to forget any future possibilities of you becoming a part of this family because that is, that's a given. <laughs> Not really, but really. Can you believe out of all the times now that I've been to Mission Barbecue, I don't know how many times, I, I have no idea how many times. I've probably been there a couple hundred times, literally, by now. Out of all the times I've been there, I've never had a situation where they have given me free dessert until this past Tuesday. He said, I'm, I'm sorry that the portion of cheesy baked potatoes we gave you, we were at the, we were at the bottom of the, the, the barrel. We've got some in the oven, freshly cooking. So we'll give you, we'll bring those to you, but to, in the meantime, to kind of hold you over. My first thought was, that's the devil. But you know what? I changed my mind on that. I don't think that's the devil. I decided that was God. I just see him going, ha, gotcha. The worst part is we were in out of the country in Timothy, Texas, Mission Barbecue, because if you don't know this, Mission Barbecue cycles through their desserts. They don't have the same one all the time. So you got to get it while the getting's good. And they had caramel pudding for the last couple of months. And I, that's, that's the one dessert they offer. I just, I'm not into. And they finally changed. And, and, and Timothy, Texas, they got blueberry cobbler at Mission Barbecue now. Like, yes. So what, what nobody really knows is I was running an errand. The, the the Tuesday before, I think it was the Tuesday or Tuesday or Wednesday before the fast started, I was running an errand, and the place I was at, they had, we need, we, we need about 15, 20 minutes. And I was about a mile from Mission Barbecue. And the Holy Ghost impressed upon me two words. <laughs> Blueberry cobbler. I, I, so I went and got me. I just, I just, well, I just need a, I just need a. Blueberry cobbler and a cup for some sweet tea, and I'm good. That's all I need today. So anyway, all of that really had nothing to do with the message. I just have sweets on my mind. <laughs> I, I, some of y'all know I have a, I have a fan club that kids that I give candy to after a lot of services and. One parent the other night told me, well, he doesn't really like candy. He just likes coming to your office. I'm like, I don't like this kid anymore. <laughs> that proves God. I don't think God's just. Because if you can't like, if you don't like candy, we weren't created equal. <laughs> anyway, let me see if I can get back to Pennsylvania and Christmas. So we picked this for a bunch of bad. We got 20 people going to be staying in this this house and we picked this bed it was, it was it was it was a great spot it was kind of away from a lot of the noise and had its own bathroom and everything was great except we laid down that first night something just wasn't right 
And it only got worse. Got to the point we shut the door on the bathroom. We put towels down on the floor to try to seal the airway in the bottom because, and so we were supposed to be there until Friday morning, but you know what? Thursday night, we just kind of decided we love y'all very much, but we are out of here. We packed up. I think we left at 1130, got in the car at 1130, drove three hours to get home, walked in the house. Oh yes, I can sleep now. All of that, all of the blueberry cobbler, mission barbecue and all of that to get to the point. There was no place to go besides that ark. You see, when... Oh, boy. Man, I really wasn't expecting to get into all this today. Hence, another reason why I ought to write my sermons and stick to the notes, right? Because then you can stay out of trouble. When you choose to church hop, what you're saying is, I'm not really picking for the right reason. Because when the Spirit plants you, I may not like you, but I'm stuck with you. And I ain't leaving, because where else is there to go? Where are we going to go, Lord? You've got the words of eternal life. I believe God is a healer. I believe. I know it as well. I've got my own testimonies. But I've also got my own physical issues that I'm dealing with that I've asked and prayed many times for Him to heal me of. But there's something way more important. And that's my salvation. And that's Him doing whatever is necessary for me to be saved and me trusting Him to do whatever is necessary to be saved. And that's why it's some of those moments in which I am praying and believing and He's not doing what I know He can do that I at least need to get my anchor down and hold my ground. And His grace is sufficient. He told Abraham, take your son to the mountain, sacrifice your son, your only son. But when it was all said and done, God didn't make him sacrifice his son. God provided. Because whatever he asks, he also provides. Paul talks about we don't just live by faith in the Son of God. We live by the faith of the Son of God. Meaning, his faith operating through me. Luke chapter 15, last passage. Luke 15 and verse 12, this is the story of the prodigal son. and I'm picking up part way through the story. And the younger of them said to his father, Father, for, father, give me the portion of goods that falleth to me. And he divided unto them his living. And not many days after, the younger son gathered all together and took his journey into a far country and there wasted his substance with riotous living. And when he had spent all, there arose a mighty famine in that land, and he began to be in want. And he went and joined himself to a citizen of that country, and he sent him into his fields to feed swine. And would, and when he, and he would fain have filled his belly with the husks that the swine did eat, and no man gave unto him. And when he came to himself, When he came to himself, 
when he recognized the circumstances and situations he was in, that if he stayed there, he would die. He said, how many hired servants of my father's have bread enough and to spare and I perish with hunger? I will arise and go to my father and will say unto him, Father, I have sinned against heaven and before thee. I can stay right here where I am and die. Or I know some place to go. I know some place that has what I need. I ask you the question today, believer or unbeliever, whichever category you may possibly be in here today, are you content to stay where you are? Are you content to be where you are? Are you willing to stay where you are and die? Because if you stay, You will die. You and I were not created spiritually to find a spot to stay. We were created to constantly be moving forward into what God has for us. You know what's so wonderful? We fail to understand that some of the times God is doing the most significant works in our lives are the times we don't even feel like He's working. The times in which God is doing some of the most significant things in our walk with Him, in our ministry, in our relationship with Him are the times in which it almost feels like He has completely forsaken us. I wonder if that's kind of because He's doing us like gets done naturally. You go into surgery, thank God for anesthesia. I've thankfully, by the grace of God, I've never done drugs, so I don't know what any of those experiences are like. So you you may be able to relate if you've done drugs. You may be able to relate, I guess, a little bit more to anesthesia. But I'm telling you, it's a weird thing to be laying here one minute and the next, seeming like next minute, you're. How did I get to this room? Only to find out that you've been cutting on me and doing all kinds of stuff to me, and I was completely unaware. Maybe God's got some of you at a place of spiritual anesthesia. And while you think absolutely nothing is going on, God's performing some very important surgery in your life. Are you... Are you content? See, I, I know some of you sit here, well, you know, I'm, not, I'm not willing to stay where I am. So then the next question is, what are you doing about it? Well, I'm here. Not enough. I've, forgive me for re- reusing something I've used many times and probably will use again. I see guys, I'm not talking about the New Year's resolution people. I see guys at the gym 
three mornings a week when I'm there playing racquetball that are there every day working out or every day that I'm there working out with a physique that looks like they have no idea what a gym is. Because it's not just what you do at the gym that matters. It's not just what you do while you're exercising. What happens outside of there impacts it. So I, I guess what happens is I look at him and I go, well, I guess if you come to the gym and you still look like that, then apparently you're just doing enough to not look like what you would really look like if you didn't even come to the gym. I'm not trying to be mean or unkind. Don't get offended me trying to make a point. That's unfortunately how a lot of us live our walk with God. We show up Sunday, get an injection. That's supposed to then last us the rest of the week while we are in, we are exposed to all kinds of ungodliness and all kinds of messages. The only preaching you hear is not Sunday morning or Sunday night or Thursday. That is not the only preaching. There is way more preaching that's done in your life outside of a pulpit than is done from within. What you watch, what you hear, what you read, all of that is preaching into your life. That's why Solomon said, guard your heart because out of it are the issues of life. You can't just get a little bit in on Sunday and let a little bit of the rest of it in all week long and expect that out of your innermost being is going to flow pure living water. Why sit we here till we die? Part of what challenged me about this story is the fact these guys had no guarantee. They had no guarantee. They didn't have a vision or a prophecy. They didn't have angels. They didn't, there, there was, there was no prophetic word that they got. Go, go to the Syrian camp because God is going to use you to deliver his. They had no, I had no guarantee. Again, it says it. We go there. They may spare us. They may kill us. You know what's so wonderful? Is when you and I make up our minds, I'm not just going to stay here. I'm not going to sit here and die. We have the guarantee. We all have a prophetic word. Because it's right here. And this is for all of us. He says, when you seek me, when you seek me, that's lovely, but that's not all of it. He says, when you seek me with your whole heart, he says, I will be found of you. When you seek me, not just haphazardly, not just here and there, but when you seek me with your whole heart, you will find me. So the guarantee to you and I today is this. If I choose that I will not sit here, Till I die. If I will pursue him, I will find him. I quoted it already, but not only do I have the promise of finding him, 
But as I allow him to work in me and through me, I have the promise. Every one of us has the promise that I will be like him. Brother Wright, there's some things about you that sure don't look like Jesus. You got that right. But it's not over yet. I'm not done yet. And he's not done yet. And I'm not staying where I am, but I am going to continue to yield to the process that He's working in my life because I refuse to stay where I am and die. I believe I preached to some people today who have tried to just find a point to stay. You've tried to find a place like Peter said and just I found a really great spot right here so let's build a tabernacle and just stay here see what Jesus was communicated to them was this this isn't the destination guys this is not where we're going. This is not what this is all about. This mountaintop is not what it's all about. This is just a landmark along the journey. Don't turn a landmark in your walk with God into a destination. If I were to give you directions to my house today, I could tell you a couple of things you need to look for along the way. I could give you some landmarks to tell you where to turn. Don't get to any of those landmarks and park there and then get mad at me because I'm not there. That's not the destination. Too many times we want to make a landmark in our walk with God the destination. And God says, you know, as great as that was, that's not all there is. And I'm just letting you know with that you're on the right path. You're, you're heading the right way. But I need you to keep moving you would, please just bow your head and close your eyes right where you are. Not only do I believe there's some folks here today that you've attempted to try to just find a place and stay there and hold your ground, but there's also some that I think you're, you're well aware and you're probably more than willing to be honest with yourself and the Lord that you haven't just found a place to stay and hold your ground, but actually you've You've had the current, the flow of life is taking you farther and farther away. If you stay where you are, you're going to die. If you stay where you are, eventually you're going to die. But I believe the presence of God is in this place and the Spirit of God is here today reaching out to some hearts and lives begin to draw you once again to not stay where you are to not be complacent and comfortable with where you're at but to pursue him as heads are bowed and eyes are closed again if nothing else out of respect for those around you I'd like to invite somebody right now that's willing to acknowledge you know the Lord is talking to you today. Get up out of your seat and make your way down to this altar. Let God begin to do a fresh work in your life today. 
that you can leave this place with your mind made up, your heart set. I'm going forward. I'm not going to stay here. If you're a guest today, if, if you've yet to really begin your journey, your walk with God, you've yet to experience salvation experience being filled with the presence of God the Spirit of God that's where it all starts and that's what you need as I've said already what God expects of us he's not asking you to do on your own and his spirit dwelling inside of us is the source of the things that we need to not stay where we are I appreciate the one that's come, but I know in my spirit there's way more than one person here today that God is talking to. I know there's one more individual, more than just one individual that God is speaking to in this place today. If I could be so bold as to say there's somebody here today that you've, yeah, you come, but you just kind of been sitting, you're in the condition you've been in for a while come to tell you today not out of judgment but out of grace and mercy out of compassion you can't just stay there forever you can't just stay your hold your ground forever you sit there you're gonna die father right now by your grace and by the power of your spirit let your grace work in our lives today Let your grace empower us today, God. God, those of us that have become content, those of us that have become complacent, those of us that have become stagnant in our lives, in our walk with you, stir something within us today. Stir something within us today like stirred in the lives of those lepers that we stay where we are we're going to die and if we go back to the past if we go back to what we're used to if we go back to where we've been we die as well but unlike the lepers we know that if we move forward in pursuit of you we will find you in the name of Jesus I could get some help here in the altar with some of these folks that have come to pray and Perhaps some of you may feel led to pray for somebody else. Would you be sensitive to the Spirit of the Lord right now? In Jesus' name, if you don't feel a specific need to respond for yourself this morning, would you be sensitive to the Lord to use you to perhaps minister to somebody else that He's trying to touch here today? Oh God, I pray for those today, Lord, that may be discouraged, that may be hopeless, feeling like all they can do is just stay where they are, that you would stir within them not only the desire but the hope and the confidence that is needed to press their way forward, to make up their mind once again. I will not just stay where I am. I will not be content to stay at the place I've reached at this point in my walk with you, but I will continue to press. I will continue to seek after you, to hunger for you, to thirst after you. God, stir within every individual in this sanctuary today a hunger and a thirst for you. Stir within us today a hunger and a thirst 
that will not let us be content to stay where we are, that will not allow us to become complacent. In the name of Jesus, an unquenchable, an unquenchable thirst, a hunger that cannot be satisfied or filled. In the name of Jesus, in the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus, in the name of Jesus, in the name of Jesus. By the power of your Spirit, God, revive somebody today. Revive somebody today, Lord. Revive somebody today, Lord, in Jesus' name. By the power of your Spirit, God, let fresh life be breathed into us today. In the name of Jesus, in the name of Jesus. In Jesus' name, in Jesus' name, in Jesus' name, in Jesus' name. Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. In the name of Jesus. Let somebody be like the prodigal today, Lord. That is awakened. That is awakened in the condition therein and realizes, remembers that it's better in the Father's house. That there's a way back. You are a God of restoration. You are a God that revives. You are a God that heals. You are a God that strengthens. In the name of Jesus. 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 In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. Bind every spirit of complacency that wars against us today, God. I bind every spirit of indifference that would like to convince us just to be comfortable and satisfied where we are and not to continue to seek you and pursue you. In the name of Jesus, in the name of Jesus, by the power of your spirit today, Lord. By the power of your spirit today, God, in Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. Hallelujah. 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 In the name of Jesus. 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 Whenever you need to go, you're welcome to go. Thank you for being here, but please be mindful of those that are continuing to pray. 
on there, folks that are not done praying that God is still touching and ministering to. And let's make sure that we don't disrupt them in any way. In Jesus' name, in Jesus' name, by the power of your Spirit, Lord, by the power of your Spirit, Lord, in the name of Jesus. I speak restoration today, Father. I speak a reviving in our lives today by the power of your Spirit. In the name of Jesus, in the name of Jesus. In Jesus' name, in Jesus' name, in Jesus' name, in Jesus' name. In the name of Jesus, in the name of Jesus.